This is loudspeaker. Hi, and welcome to Connecting a Better World, where we spend time meeting some of the most incredible human beings who make this world a better place. We will learn how each individual took their ideas, mission, and purpose to create and serve others in business and organizations that surround social good, social entrepreneurship, and social impact, and find out how we, together, can further connect others to help. I am your host, Dr. Natalie Phillips. Today, I spend time with Betsy Valdez, current president of a local nonprofit organization called Hispanic Women of Weld County whose mission is to promote Hispanic women and strengthen the Hispanic culture and community. She's an entrepreneur, a leader, a learner, and also creator of Empowered Leader, a community organization dedicated to serve and transform individuals to become empowered leaders. All right. Well, welcome, Betsy, to the show. I'm super excited to have you, and thank you for joining me today. Um, So let's start getting my listeners introduced to you. So tell me a little bit more about your story and who you are. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me here. I'm excited. Um, My name is Betsy Valdez. um, I'm originally from Mexico. I'm from Pachuca, Hidalgo, Mexico. Um, Just kind of give you an idea of where that's at. It's central Mexico. So if you're familiar with Mexico City, um, we're, we are just an hour east, an hour east of that. So um, just to kind of give you an idea of where that's at. Um, I've been here in the U.S. for, it'll be 24 years this year. So this is here, um, we've been here in Northern Colorado for, for, that, for that long. So this is what we've called home for that, for that amount of time. Um, I'm a mom. I have three little ones. I have all girls. I have a six, a seven, and a 12-year-old. So definitely busy. And I think even now more than ever with, you know, with COVID and all the online learning and all that stuff. Um, And I'm also a a business owner. I have my own um, empowered leader business. And so I offer workshops. Um, I put together volunteer opportunities in in the community. And I also manage um, some social media accounts. I didn't know that. So what brought you to Colorado? So my, my dad actually was the one who came here to the U.S. Um, he came here 24 years ago, and he made the journey up north uh, before us. So he came by himself. And I think the plan was for him to originally go to South Carolina, one either South or North Carolina. I'm not exactly 100% sure, but that was the plan. Uh, he was going to work for just a few months and then go back home to, to the family. And I, I'm not sure exactly at what point it changed, but then it was decided that all the family would join my dad up north. And um, instead of South Carolina, we ended up here in in Colorado, so northern Colorado. So I don't know exactly why. I just think it's where my dad ended up, and we just followed. 
Awesome. So tell me a little bit more about, because you're an entrepreneur and a business owner, you said, right? And um, tell me a little bit more about how Empowered Leader came to be and what were what was your vision surrounding it, creating something like Empowered Leader? Yeah. Um, so I'm, so Empowered Leader really was born, it's, it's evolved through the last couple years, but it really started off as um, really from my story. So I'm a, I'm a dreamer. I'm a DACA recipient. And just a little bit of backstory. Um, so again, my, my family and I, we, we migrated here to the United States 24 years ago. Um, but unfortunately, we came to this country um, undocumented. And, um, you know, in the early years, this was not something that I ever talked about. It's not something that I ever shared. And honestly, it was more out of fear, out of, I think, shame, out of so many different emotions um, of what would people say? What would people think? How would people judge me? And so those were things that I really kept to myself. It was in 2012 uh, when President Obama, he... um, he introduced the the bill, the DACA. And so that um, gave me and 800,000 other individuals here in the country um, the opportunity to obtain DACA. And so what DACA is, it's Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. So really giving that protection for those, for children, for those who had arrived here as children. And so we really had no choice of coming, right? We came with our parents, we came with an adult, And we ended up here in this country and we've called this country home for so long. Um, And so in 2013, after it wasn't an easy uh, process, it was a pretty long process. But after that process in 2013, I became a DACA recipient. And so that to me, it gave me that, that freedom. It gave me the opportunity to dream it gave me the, it gave me hope again. Um, I think all those years that I was so afraid and really kind of hiding and not really showing who I was, um, DACA gave me, it allowed me to come out of the shadows. It allowed me to, oh man, like this is that American dream that we all talk about, that we, that we say that this is what this country is about. At first it was non-existent for me. And at that point, when I became a dreamer, when I became a DACA recipient, it's like something clicked. It's like, now it is. Now it's attainable. Now you are a part of this country. Um, And so that really, I I think from that point on, little little by little, something was born in me. Like, I am a part of this country. I am, um, and I contribute just like anybody else. And I can go back. It allowed me to go back to school. It allowed me to, to, to work. It allowed me to get a driver's license that I, I didn't have at the age of 24. Uh, you know, so, so many firsts in my 20s when many who I knew had done that in their teen years, right? Um, so I, I think that for me, that's, it gave me hope more than anything. Um, fast forward to 2017, um, DACA went through a lot of challenges, through many challenges. And in 2017, specifically, um, it was threatened to be taken away. The program was at risk of being just gone. Um, And for me, I didn't know what that meant. For me, I thought, oh, man, everything that I had worked so hard for, everything that I had, um, you know, so I'm married. I have my, my kids. 
And I thought, this is not just about me anymore. It's as a mother, as a wife, I have a life here. This is my life. And for all of a sudden, this to be taken away from me, it almost felt like a slap in the face. Like, you can't be here. Like, you're, you don't belong here. And there were so many negative narratives, um, negative um, ideas of what immigrants, I guess, um, like me, uh, I, I don't know, I guess people like me, it's what I kept hearing, right, of being fitting this certain box or these labels that were put on, upon us, up, upon me. And um, something, there was something that was sparked in me. I, I thought, no, that's not, that's not who I am. I don't accept those labels. I don't accept um, that as my reality because I know that, I know that I'm not that. I'm not, I'm not a, a criminal. I am not um, here asking for a free handout. I'm here to work just as hard as anybody else. I'm here to contribute just like anybody else. And I think for me at first, it started as, let me prove you wrong. Let me prove you that I am worthy of being here. Let me prove you that I am, um, I am worthy to be in this country and that this country is also my home. Uh, while many might disagree with that, many might argue about that, but this is my home. I am proud to call this place home. And so at that point, I believe that that's where Empowered Leader truly was born. Um, and at first I, I had called it Be Empowered because for me, it was more of that, that empowerment piece, empowering myself to embrace who I was, embrace my story, embrace my story as an immigrant, embrace my story as a dreamer, embrace my story as, as, a, as a mother, as a wife, as, as everything that is Betsy. And um, little by little, I started sharing a little bit about my story. I started opening up more about who I was. Um, you know, one of the things that I always think about leadership is that in order for others to, to follow you or for you to, to lead others, they need to know who you are and where you come from and, and, and your backstory, right? They need to understand where, where you've come from so they can see where you're taking them. And that's where I see leadership. And so me, it was important for me to share those pieces, to share who I was and truly embrace that. Where before I was ashamed of it and because I was, there was so much fear. Now it's like, this is who I am. Um, and so I started putting together volunteer opportunities. I wanted to, I wanted to invite my community to be a part of it. I wanted to, like I said, I wanted to show others like, no, I am no criminal. Like, this is what I do. And this is who I am. And, and look at, look at what I look at the things that I'm doing. Um, but I can say that with time it's evolved into, it's not about anybody else. It truly, the things that, that I do, the volunteer work that I do, putting together workshops of just, you know, that empower others and the community, it's, it fills my cup. It fulfills me. It brings me joy. Um, so no, it isn't about, let me show you and let me prove you wrong. I think people are going to see what they want to see and they're going to hear what, they're, what they want to hear. Um, I'm not going to change anybody's mind. I think it's, you know, um, I think what I'm doing is perhaps planting seeds. And, you know, I, I'm happy to share my story with whoever want, is willing to listen. I'm, I'm willing to, to have a chat with anybody and, and, you know, share pieces that others may not understand or may disagree with. You know, I think that um, once we start sharing our stories, 
something powerful happens when we see that there is a face and a, uh, you know, when we see that there's a face behind an issue, it, it changes things. Like we no longer see it as this non-existent thing. Now we see it as it's, um, it's real and it's, it's my neighbor, it's my teacher, it's somebody, it, somebody that you know. Um, and it's not, it's not something that's so, you know, on the other side of the world that you, you have no idea who it might be. Um, so anyway, so yeah, I mean, it, so it's, it's evolved and it continues to, to grow. And, um, you know, I don't, I may not know what the future holds, but I'm excited as, as it continues to unfold the opportunities that it's given me um, by simply showing up as who I am and embracing who I am. I love that. And number one, thank you so much for sharing your story and to have the open conversation because I feel like a lot of people might know what, what you know, DACA is, right? And, and what everything is because you see it on the news or you read about it, right? But to have even you share your thought process and what you were going through and what you were feeling and the safety or, you know, the ability to um, know that you were going to stay in this country or not, you know, the, the, the back and forth, right? Um, I think that's super important for people to hear from your point of view, right? And so number one, thank you so much for being able to share that part of your story with my listeners, because I think that it just allows people to see different points of view and to have these conversations conversations. And so um, it was it, it was really interesting. The other thing too, as I was sitting here listening to you is thinking about the generations. You know, at first I was thinking, as you were telling your story about how you weren't, it's almost like you weren't allowed to dream, right? Like something shut it down because you knew you weren't comfortable with the fact that I have, I want to do something, but I'm not going to be able to do it because I kind of have to hide a little bit, right? So my first initial question was, do you feel that you just, you shut those dreams down on your own? Or was it something that growing up and just being in this country that people thought that you ended up thinking, I should say, nope, you can't even think that way. Or did your parents kind of say, now, Betsy, you know, as a little girl, like you can't be thinking this way, you know, was it, was it more something that came from you or, or was it more something that came from more of your environment or even um, environment, meaning like your parents or your family? You know, I think, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, Cause I think back in, I don't think I was fully aware of, of everything and perhaps the consequences of coming to this country undocumented until I was a little bit older. In my um, elementary years, middle school years, you know, you don't need an ID, you don't need a driver's license, you don't need any of that stuff. So I wasn't fully aware. Like I knew how we had come. I, I still remember vividly how, you know, we came across. I mean, I, I remember all those things. But I wasn't fully aware of how that was going to impact me here in the U.S. It wasn't until high school. And I saw others getting a job and I couldn't do that. I saw others. Um, I applied. I remember going to driver's ed and I was like, oh, my gosh, I want to get to drive. Right. Like it didn't click in my mind that I couldn't because, you know, I didn't have a social security number at that time. So it didn't it just didn't click. <laughs> it didn't make sense. Right. So I remember I applied and I went through the classes and then 
I finally came to the point where you actually had to take your test. And at that point, you're required to provide your social security number. And I said, no, I don't have that. And they're like, oh, well, I'm sorry. You can't, obviously, you can't get a driver's license. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and that was that. You know, it was like, I, I believe my parents paid for the, 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 the cost of the, the class, but I didn't finish it through because, I, again, no, no social and so at that point, it was like that one thing, right? And so I couldn't get a driver's license while everybody else in my class was getting a driver's license. I mean, that was the thing, right? I mean, that's one big milestone going from not driving to driving, especially in high school, where now you have a car and look at, you know, like, here's friends, you know, here, here are your friends, everybody driving. Um, then in my senior year, applying for college, and it was different. Uh, it was hard because, and so when I said both, I think obviously from the things that I have seen and that I had experienced as saying like, nope, you can't do that. You don't have that. You can't do that. Nope. You don't have that. And then by the, by that time I had, I had already like just internalized a lot of that. Like, okay, well, I can't do that. I can't do that either. And I had really put it in my mind that college was not for me. Going to university was not for me. And I was not even going to apply, but um, I had a wonderful, a wonderful um, high school counselor who I'm still f friends with. Um, she said, Betsy, you have to apply. You can go and you will get accepted. There is a way and you will find that way. And I remember at first I was like, no, like there is no way. Like I am not going to get accepted. Like who's going to, who's going to take me? I have no social I can't apply for any loans. I can't apply for FAFSA. I can't apply for any of that. And she said, we're going to make it happen. So we applied and I got accepted to UNC. Uh, I mean, to my surprise, I still had to play. I still had to pay out of state tuition. So I only went for one semester, which cost me like $8,000, $9,000. So after that, I had to quit. I, I had to drop out because I just couldn't afford it. Um, at that time, again, DACA was not available. Um, I graduated in 06. So, you know, this was six years before the program was even introduced. Um, I couldn't afford the out-of-state tuition, obviously no loans. So for me, I'm like, okay, well, but the thing is, is that my counselor believed it. She pushed me. She allowed, she planted a seed in me. She made me believe that it was possible, even though maybe I wasn't able to fulfill it then, she planted that seed and she planted that belief in me. And I mean, I can't thank her enough. And I, when I see her, I, I try to remind her, you know, of the impact that she, that she had in me and that she continues to make in so many. Um, but I mean, just experiences like that throughout time that I just said, you know, I just, I just can't. And so I think to a point then I stopped myself. I stopped trying anything else. Um, you know, I, I became a mom. I became a, a mom at a young age. I became a mom at 19. And I, to me, I thought there's another barrier. I'm, I'm now, I'm like, now I'm a part of that statistic, right? I'm a young mom. I'm just another statistic. You know, I'm already the, the immigrant statistic, right? Like the undocumented and here's something else and here's something else. And it was just like that, just one thing after another. And um, yeah, I think that, that my dreams were kind of, kind of buried. I buried, I was burying my dreams. Unknowingly, um, unconsciously, I, I was doing that to myself. Um, but yeah, 
I think that little by little with different experiences, that's how it happened. This is so incredible to listen to. And I'm thinking about the multi-generations, right? So are your parents still alive and are they still here? Okay. So you've got that generation um, they right? are. and then you've got your generation yes. and then mm-hmm. now you've got your daughters. And so to think about, you know, what your parents went through and then to think about what you've gone through. And now your daughters really don't have to, you know, worry about that type of thing, right? Because they were born here. So what are some of the conversations that you've noticed multi-generational, right? Between your parents as well as your um, daughters, you know, all the way through, what are some of the conversations that you're seeing? And do you feel that The empowerment, because now when you lead an organization that you're starting, like Empowered Leader, I'm sure your daughters are picking up on certain things, right? And, you know, they're Americans. And so what are some of the conversations that you're having with whether it is, you know, your your parents versus your daughters or with them all together about just getting out there and, and living their dreams? Um, you know, at first, I think I, with my parents, it, it almost felt like I needed to ask permission because I felt like I was being so open about our our status, about our situation. So it always felt like I needed to check in with them, like, is this okay to share? You know, because not only am I putting myself out there, I'm putting my family out there. And I'll say that I've had a lot of support. I've I've met and I've made connections with so many amazing people. But with that also comes the the opposite. There's also the pushback and there's also the how dare you. And again, I'm not putting only myself out there. I'm putting my family. And to know that that, that I have their support and they're like, you go, you go do that. Um, it means the world to me. I mean, I, I shared with you, Natalie, that this past weekend, I just had a uh, an event. And my parents were both at this event because they fully support and encourage me and are, are present in the things that I do, um, as well as my daughter was there as my check-in person, <laughs> you know, somehow helping. Um, so with them, it really is the, having those conversations of like, man, we just... It's, it's about going through. It's about pushing through. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be barriers. There's going to be struggles because we've had them. And now here we are. And let's keep pushing through. Um, with my daughters, I mean, the conversations, you know, it, it's very different from my six and my seven-year-old to my 12-year-old. Um, there's different conversations. I mean, even about DACA. When we were going through those times of, what's going to happen, and what does the future hold for DACA, Um, there was a time where they asked me, like, Mom, what does that mean? Like, does that mean that you're going to leave us? Does that mean that you have to go back? Does that, like, what does that mean? And honestly, that's, um, it's it's heartbreaking because I wish I could say, oh, everything's going to be perfect. Nothing's going to happen because I don't know. I mean, still right now, today, I don't know what the future holds. I don't know what, what, what DACA, what's going to happen with DACA. All I tell them is that, you know, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that something is going to work out. And I think it's important that as parents, we do that, uh, regardless of what happens, right? Whether it's related to DACA or something else that 
that we hold on to hope um, because they're going to come across things in their own lives that they're going to have to choose hope. They're going to hold, they're going to have to choose to, to hold on to hope and, um, and not live in that constant fear because it can consume you. It definitely can. Um, but you know, I just, I, I just let them know everything's going to work out one way or another. I don't know what that may look like exactly. And I know that all of us, we don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what's going to happen, what our future holds. But I think more when you're play, when you're in a situation where your status, like you don't know if you can be here a year from today. You don't know if you can be here and build a life here with your children. It's hard. It really is hard. Um, and not that I try to ignore it because I don't. It's, it's still something that's, you know, in the back of my mind and something that I, that I pray about. It's something that I, it's something that, you know, it's, it's part of my life, but, uh, I guess you can say that I choose to focus on the things that I do have control over, which is I can go out there and, you know, the, the people in my circle. And so it starts with my family. And then from that, it's like those ripple, it's, it's a ripple effect within my community. Um, I know that I am making an impact. I know that I am, I know that the work that I'm doing is inspiring and, and motivating others to continue to do good work in this world. Um, so that's what I choose to focus on. Um, and so I, it might sound, it might sound silly. It might sound like, oh, you're just ignoring this this negative piece, right? But that's what I choose to hold on to. I love that. You know, and you're a huge service. I mean, you've got this service heart and you give back and you are currently the president of the Hispanic Women of Well County, right? Which is a nonprofit organization. Uh, and you also, I mean, you volunteer, like you said, you're now getting out and you're volunteering. So what are... You sound so inspirational, but I feel like there's also somebody or something that inspired you to create this service heart. So is there somebody in your life that has inspired you to give back in this certain way? Um, you know, I think, I think more than anything, it's, it's been the experiences. Uh, more than anything, it's been the, I've been in a position where I feel like I am less than how can I be in a position when I make, I uplift others and empower others so they don't feel like what I've felt like? Um, so I think for me, it's been, that's, that's really the, from the feeling, right? The, that I've been through that. I've, I've gone through that. I don't want somebody else. And not that I can take away all the, um, you know, all the negativity from the world. That's, that's not possible, but it's like, what can I do? that I can uplift and I can empower others. Um, but my parents, I mean, I think they've always taught us, you know, to, to be humble. Everything that we've gone through in life, life humbles you. You've, I, I've gone through, I've, I've had many experiences that have allowed me to um, have humbled me. Um, you know, I've been in, in situations where, I mean, for example, um, I'll share this quickly. I volunteer at the food bank and it's, it's something that's very near, near and dear to my heart because when we, we, when we arrived here in 97, 
the food bank was one of the places that gave back to us, that helped us out. I remember at that time we received boxes, and I think they call them now emergency boxes for families. And I remember we received a box of food, and it was American food. And so at first I was like, we didn't know what everything in the box was, but we were grateful that we had received the help from the food bank. And so to me, I'm like, now, full circle, right? Now I'm at the food bank volunteering on a monthly basis with my family because that was a place that gave to me. And so for me, I'm like, this is, it's, it's about giving back. It's about not that I'm up here because I think that there's, we continue to evolve, we continue to grow, but I believe that I'm in a better place now that I'm able to turn around and help someone else who is in need. Um, and that's what my parents instilled in us. They, you know, if we are in a position to, to do so, if we're in a position to help somebody else, then you do that. Uh, you are, you know, you, you give what you can. And it's something that I hope that I'm instilling in my daughters, which is why it's important that they come with me anytime that we volunteer, anytime that we are in the community, that, that we do it as a family. Um, because I won't say that for them, it's the funnest thing in the world right now. But again, I think going back to that, it's planting seeds, right? And we're planting the seeds of service and we're planting the seeds of community. We're planting seeds of, you know, we are here for each other. We are, we are, we are one. And how can we, how can we come together and do this together? Um, and then just so many other people in my life who, Gosh, I have inspired me. I mean, I have countless and countless uh, friends and, and mentors and just people who I've come across with in my life that have inspired me to be better, to do better, to give better and to show up, uh, you know, just better than I was yesterday. I'm not perfect. <clears throat> I fail often. But, you know, I'm often reminded also that we're human and it's about growing. It's just about taking that next, that next step. And, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's just, it's been all of us. We're made up of, of so many people. Um, you know, I often hear the term self-made and it's something that, uh, maybe I don't understand it, but for me, none of us are self-made. We are made up of all the all these different people that come into our, into our lives that touch us one way or another, and that's who we are. We are made up of all of these people who made make an impact in our life. I love it. I absolutely agree. You know, and talking about the food bank and listening to you as well. You know, I volunteer with my kids as well, and we do some things at the food bank. And you know, it's funny because it is so special to you, and I I can see how even if it isn't something that they want to do right now, it's a great conversation to have. Like, mom, why are we doing this? You know, and you can explain why. And after they get tired of asking that, it's those memories that they're, that they're going to be able to share with their, the next generation of, you know, whatever their last name is going to be, right. Whether it is Valdez or whatever it is. Right. And so, um, and, and I think that you're making these memories, but also taking the opportunity to show them what this full circle looks like. And I think that's really, really incredible. Um, 
to, to talk a little bit more and to head back to Empowered Leader and your vision. You know, I know now that my listeners and I can see why it's so important to you that others are empowered. Um, but I have listeners that might want to get involved. So as you're growing Empowered Leader, talk to us a little bit more about your vision. What do you see or what would you, where would you want it to go? And if people are listening to this podcast and want to uh, get involved with you somehow, how would they get started and what kinds of needs do you have to push that needle forward? Yeah. Um, so with the Empowered Leader, it really is that, <clears throat> that invitation to find the leader within us. Um, you know, I think for me, for the longest time, thinking of leaders, uh, thinking of leadership, I always thought of, oh, it's CEOs, um, it's somebody with like high ranks. I don't know. That's at least that's what, that's what I thought, right? That's what, when I thought of leader, that's what I thought. And, um, for me thinking about being a leader, being a leader in my community, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you have to run, uh, you know, uh, a big organization. It means that we lead in our lives. And that means we start with ourselves. We start leading our, our lives. Um, the, the, the little things that we do on a day to uh, day. Um, so it's, it's, you know, it's about our mindset. It's about the work that we put into ourselves um, because then that just starts pouring out into the people around us, into our kids, um, your partner. You know, I, I'm, I'm happy to say that, you know, my, my husband, he's, um, you know, he's, he's had his, his own challenges as well. And I can, I can proudly say that it, it's the, the, the habits and, and certain things that we start doing in our lives that truly start to change how we start showing up as a better parent, as a better um, leader at work, as a better leader in your community, whatever that may look like. So for me, I think, again, empowered leader is just that invitation to find the leader within. It's We all have it. We can all be leaders one way or another. I mean, we lead in our homes, right? As parents, we lead in our homes. We lead in churches. We lead at work. We lead in our communities. We lead in many ways. And I think it's just making that that connection and saying, I am a leader, but how can I lead in a better way? Um, how can they be involved? Currently, I... I we have our volunteer opportunities on a monthly basis. Um, one of the main ones is the food bank, as I mentioned. And so I share this on my social media platforms, um, which really it's, I mainly use Facebook and Instagram. And right now, because of COVID, obviously we're limited to the amount of people that we're able to, to join our group. Um, I'm hopeful that it'll, those numbers, we can have more bigger groups in the near future. But as of right now, we're limited to about 30 a month. Um, and so I just share that out on, on our social media platform, on the social media platforms. And I invite anyone and anyone and everyone to join. Um, we do do it after hours. So the little ones can join. So it's, it's safety first, right? And kids are welcome. Um, as long as adult, they're with an adult. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really, this is not about having a certain skill. This is not about having certain connections. It's about you simply wanting to get out into your community and make a difference. Um, I will be launching a program. I, I don't have all the details yet, but this is at least, this is what the vision, this is the, my vision for empowered leader. Um, it's creating a 12 week program. It's the empowered leader, 12 week program. 
Um, I'm sure I'll come up with a better name <laughs> here in the next few months, but it's a, it's a 12 week program that I'll go over in four different pillars. And just as I mentioned a little bit right now, the first pillar is the self, um, getting to know ourselves to grow ourselves. Um, and you know, Natalie, I'll have to say that our clubhouse conversations have really ignited and just inspired me more because I think a lot of the conversations that we have there is around that mindset, right? It's about the leadership. It's about all of these different things that make us better. Um, and as a result of that, you make others around you better. But it's it all again, it all starts with us. It's making that having that awareness that it's it's us. We start with ourselves, we start with our mindset, we pour into ourselves. Once that once that is done, and not that it's ever done, I think it's a continuous process, right? We continue to grow all the time. But once we have that awareness, we continue to grow on that. Uh, then uh, the next pillar is the philanthropy. Um, just that piece is some, something so important to me. And something that when I was younger, I didn't think um, I could be a part of, but I can. And we all can. We can all go out and there's a need in our community. There are many, many needs in our community. And I think the thing is, is that what speaks to you, what's in your heart, and what do you want to make a difference? How can you make a difference in that specific thing or need? And go out there and do it. Um, then the next piece is that mentorship. Um, being a mentor being a mentee and being a mentor. And um, I think the importance of both and having a mentor who is older and younger than us, because I think that there is so much to learn from the people around us, regardless of age. And and also being a mentor. Um, I often find it, and I don't know if, and I'm right here, maybe I'm talking more culturally. As a Latina, I often feel like, even for example, starting Empowered Leader, I felt like I couldn't, I didn't have many who I could turn to and, and say, hey, how did you do this? Hey, how do you do that? And we need more of that. We need more mentors. We need more people that step in and say, step in, step up and say, hey, I'm, what do you need help with? How can I help you? Um, you know, again, going back to that clubhouse to clubhouse and all the conversations that happen there. It's, it's simply asking a question and knowing that someone's going to help you genuinely and without expecting anything in return, there's someone out there that's truly wanting to see you succeed because your success means that they succeed as well. And so it's that mentorship, being a mentee, being a mentor. Um, and the last is just expanding on the vision that we have for ourselves. So what is that? What is that vision and how can we help you? How can we push you? How can we um, empower you to make that vision um, become a reality, right? How can you take that, that next step to, uh, to work on your vision? So I'm still, again, I'm, I'm finalizing some of the, the final things for this um, program, but my plan is to launch it in, in September once my girls will go back to school. Um, but yeah, that is the vision. I mean, for me, it's, it's empowerment. It's that empowering piece. How can I empower you to, uh, to reach your dreams, to reach your goals, to, to create that leader, to find that leader within and go out there and, and, and make a difference uh, because we all can. We all have it and, and we will. I love it. I was like so excited, but at the same time, I'm always told to like, don't interrupt. And I'm just like going, ah, I just want to scream. That is so <laughs> exciting. I love what you're building. I can see how, um, you know, are you targeting even the school age kids? Like I can see how this program can even be in the schools, right? And um, maybe it's a high school or maybe it's even middle school to get them start 
starting to just think about some of these things and thinking about having a mentor or being a mentee or whatever it is, right? Um, I'm just so excited. I see a lot of really cool things uh, just surrounding what you're building and how important it is and how needed it is too. But it really stems from your passion of not only what you went through, but your passion to learn and just be better. Right. I think that's really where um, your this drive is taking you is is that passion to learn, continue to learn, like what you said earlier, and um, really not just going alone, but bringing everybody along with you. So I absolutely love what you're building. That's so exciting. I had no idea. So in addition to this program, I know that you've had this event that you had mentioned. So tell us a little bit more about the event that just happened this past week and um, some of the other events um, that you're able to share, you know, just creating different spaces for people to show up and have some experiences to grow into that leader that they want to be. Yeah. Um, So this past weekend, this past Saturday, um, I had a... um, a workshop and it was the empower, empower your vision. And so I'm a big believer in vision boards. And I thought I try to have a vision board workshop every year, but last year because of COVID, I couldn't have it. And I don't know about you, but for me, I feel like we started this year very similar to 2020. We still didn't know what was going to happen. I think everything was still like, Oh, what's pretty, pretty iffy still going to be shut down. We didn't know. And then all of a sudden, mid-year, it's like, boom, everything's open. Let's go. It's like it went from zero to 100. And for me, I felt like, oh my gosh, what happened? Like I'm losing myself. I'm losing that vision. I'm losing, you know, I'm being, I feel disconnected. And I know I'm not the only one. I can't be the only one. Somebody out there has to feel what I feel. And so I thought, well, why, why don't I put together a little... Uh, vision board workshop. I know it's mid-year. Usually I do it at the end of the year, but I thought this is a great time. Like it's halfway through the year. It's a great time for us to reconnect to our vision, to our dreams, to the goals that we have, right? Sometimes because of the busy, the busyness of the world, we, we get so, we bury our dreams and we get disconnected from those things that bring us joy. And so for me, it was that it was, okay, let's do this and let's do it with that intention that we're going to reconnect to those dreams. Not that anybody needs my permission. They don't, but it's, we give we're giving ourselves permission to, uh, to reconnect to those dreams. Maybe it was at the, at the end of the year that you set goals or beginning of the year, um, or maybe, or maybe not, right? Because the world was still all chaos. And so I, we put together this workshop and I say we, because I did it with another, uh, with a friend, um, her name is Victoria Garcia and she started, she just launched her business and it's called Apapacho Cacao. And so what she does is, um, she does cacao ceremonies and I thought, well, that's the perfect way to kick us off. And then we do our vision boards. The ceremonies, it's really to set your intentions for anything that you are visualizing, for anything that you're manifesting. And so um, Victoria did an amazing job, a beautiful job uh, doing the, that ceremony in a guided meditation. We set our intentions. And, um, and then after that, we, we gave ourselves permission to start creating our vision boards. It was such a beautiful event. Um, I mean, I wish I could just share more and more, but it, I felt like it's more of an experience. It's more of like, oh man, you just have to be there 
to feel it and the energy in the room, the things that were shared, the passion, the love, the everything that was put into that event and that was shared at that event was was just, I mean, I'm still kind of in a high, like, oh, that was so amazing. Um, and, and at that event, I shared my program that we'll be launching in, in September. So um, that's another reason why I did it, because I felt like, oh, God. <laughs> Hold on, mommy. Um, I felt like that I had to put it out into the world. Uh, you know, I was inviting others to reconnect with their dreams. And so I was like, okay, well, you can't, um, I think Anthony says this, right? Like you can't tell others to do something, but you're not willing to do it yourself. Maybe something along mm-hmm. those lines. And so I was like, I have to follow my own dreams, right? Like my dream is to, for me, it's growing as a speaker. For me, it's to putting together this program. For me to continue to connect our community through these volunteer opportunities, right? And so this is putting it out there. I'm putting this program out there. Now I've said it. Now someone's going to hold me accountable. <laughs> now I have to really do it, you know? Um, so, so yeah, so that's what that, that um, event was about. Um, and then, I mean, other things that I do is just um, I've been invited to, to, to various um, opportunities to be a speaker, and that's something that I really, really enjoy. Um, I consider myself an introvert, but I have to say that speaking and sharing with others and just being able to empower others is something that brings me brings me joy. It just excites me. There's this fire in me that I'm like, yeah, I just I just need to get out there and tell the world, you know. Um, so, so yeah, that, I mean, that's that's what I have right now. Um, and, and we'll see what, what else what else comes from this. Um, I'm excited. I am so excited that you talked about being a speaker because as you were sharing your story early on, I thought, oh my goodness, she's got such a great story. I wonder if she ever thought about being a speaker. And I'm so glad that you're being invited and you're being recognized. Um, you know, and, and the nice thing about it is, is you've got your story. You've got your experience. There are speakers out there that search for things to connect to what they have in their head. You have what they ha- what you have in your heart and your experience to be able to to just show up to share it with people, not even, you know, necessarily to, and to, I should say, just share and to start conversations about some of the things that people are feeling and experiencing. And so I'm so glad to hear that you are being invited as a speaker, because I think you're going to be wonderful. I think that when you were sharing your story early on the, on the podcast, that it was incredible and you had so many things to say. And like you said, as it continues to evolve in what you're doing, it's going to continue to build on to something. And this this program, this 12 week program, is it a 12 week program is, is yeah, yes. is going to be truly incredible as well. So congratulations on that. I'm so, so, so happy for you. Um, so just, you know, as final thoughts again, um, I'm just thankful that you could be here today, that you could share yourself and share your story, share what you're working on and share how you're really, um, giving back in a different way by really getting people to feel good about themselves and to believe in themselves. And so I want to give you a space to share any final thoughts, uh, just to make sure that we cover everything that we can about what you're working on, as well as I'm going to throw out one last question to you. I always like to ask my guests this, but what might be one piece of advice that you would be able to share with our listeners on just making the world a better place? Uh, You know, I think that... For me, it was um, 
always accepting and embracing who I am. And so for me, it's, it's reminding others too of, um, you, you said it perfectly too about your story. It's embracing who we are. It's embracing our story. Um, there's power in our story. And when we share it with others, I mean, we are able to, we don't, we don't know. And we, perhaps we can't see right away the impact and the power that it has, but it can unlock somebody else's, you know, these imaginary cages that they're, that they're living in. Um, because many times we may think that, that we're all alone, that we're the only ones going through something. And that's not the case. Um, the thing is, is that we all have, we all have something so powerful to share with the world. Um, and, and it's, it, but it comes down to, we need to embrace who we are. We need to have, we need, we need to embrace that story that we have and, um, just being open to, to share it with the world. I think that's, that's one of the main things. Yeah. And I agree. I think that that's the one thing that someone cannot take away from you is your own story because it's yours. Right. And I think that's the best thing that you can share when you are a speaker, when you are becoming a leader and kind of weave that into what you're creating or what you're doing. And I think that's the most authentic way that you can be a leader is exactly like what you said, embrace who you are. I wrote that down here um, because I think that that is one of the key points. And I love that that is one of your takeaways. So again, Betsy, thank you so much for spending time with me and spending time sharing your story with my listeners. And uh, I'm so excited. I am hoping to hopefully get you back once your program starts going, maybe in another year to kind of talk about some of the things that you're seeing, because I think that you're going to have a lot more to add to your story at that time. So hopefully you'll be agreeable to come back and share a little bit more once your program gets going and some of the things that you're going to be seeing in everybody that you're going to be able to empower. So thank you so much for being here. No, thank you for having me. And uh, of course, I, I accept absolutely it'd be an honor to be back. Um, I just, I'm grateful for the opportunity and I'm grateful for the platform and just being able to share a little bit of who I am and, and what I'm doing and, and hoping that it can inspire somebody else to, to continue to do that as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to Connecting a Better World and thank you NOCO FM for supporting this show. If you connected to something in this episode, we would love to hear from you. Our contact info will be listed in the show notes as well as you can reach us on our social media channels. Please feel free to share our podcast with your friends and loved ones. For more shows, please tune in to noco.fm online. This is Loudspeaker.